on the 29th of April 2009. I always suggest the newcomers look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and you'll find hundreds of hours of talks are given in the past. They're for free, so you can jump at it. Everything's free is good, apparently, these days. And I try and give you shortcuts to understanding the big picture of the system in which we live. Most people really don't understand uh, that... Their whole life is pretty well planned, at least their culture. The culture is getting upgraded all the time into the global society. They don't notice it because it's very insidious, but it comes at you from a thousand different angles, from different media and little snippets, even in your fictional shows, your comedies, etc. So I try to show you how we're managed, basically, and how really very good psychology is used from all the media experts to make sure that you get your proper downloads and think the way that they want you to think about things. They guide us to our conclusions in a very simplistic, easily understood formula, really. Also look into alanwattsentinel.eu where you can get transcripts of these talks to print up. And they're written in the various languages of Europe. You can also order the books on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. That keeps me going. Or you can donate through PayPal, personal checks, from Canada and the U.S. are fine. I can cash them here. And for those who simply get the disc burned, and lots of people do get the disc burned and passed around to play in their CD players because they don't like computers, and I do not blame them at all, uh, then you can write to me at Alan Watt if you want to order anything or donate. That's Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P for Peter, 3, E as in Elizabeth, 4, N as in Nora, 1. And I'd be glad to hear from you. I've been going into the techniques and the techniques that are used on the public, and especially since 2001. Remember, this is the century of change. This is the century of change that was described back in the 20th century. The coming 21st century was to be the century of change. Never explained to the general public, who were kept well entertained all through that latter part of that, that era, uh, with trivia and various other things, but not so many crises. And 2001 came along, and we've had one crisis after another that wasn't designed just to hit one country but it was really designed to affect the whole planet because this is a century for change into a global planned society where experts will rule the world. And part of the problem they had is that it was not quite standardized. What's happening today is the standardization of one system across the entire world makes it much, much easier for the big boys to manipulate and manage. The age of managers, world managers, 
the age that Huxley talked about and Russell talked about, as they said in their own books as far back as the 1930s, that they would train the public, that they couldn't think of anything to do by themselves without getting the advice from experts. And that's what we have today. Lenin talked about it long before them because they're all trained by the same uh, globalists, the big boys who are dealing with economics. Economics also entails cultures, ethnic groups, etc. So they were always the experts on bringing in the global culture. International Monetary Fund that was set up in the Bretton Woods Agreement, basically, is to take over economics, the entire economical system of the planet. Back with more after this break. through the matrix discussing the fact that what we're going into is the next phase of a, of a huge plan much of it designed during and before even World War II and we can go back into the history books and find the big discussions to do especially with the new economic system that was hoped to be brought in well, they didn't hope, they knew they could bring it in but the founders themselves like John Maynard Keynes said it would take, he wouldn't see it in his lifetime it would happen in the, the next century and we're living through it of course since 2001 and I've gone through this before we've had one crisis after another it's just incredible we survived this long for millions of years apparently as I wonder we got out of the caves with one crisis hitting us after another at this speed suddenly suddenly we have uh, apparently Islamic extremists wanting to destroy the whole western world just suddenly you see and a guy called Ben Laden that Bush himself said after the inquiry that he didn't care if it was alive or dead, didn't matter anymore. But it was so important beforehand when he was pushing through the anti-terrorism bill, which stripped everyone of their rights, basically, and brought in multitudes of laws to bring in this new system. And that was done simultaneously across the whole planet. And then they had some of their Star Trek red alerts and orange alerts and yellow alerts and all the rest of it with fake propaganda from PSYOPs operations and of course all the, th the things that were going to happen never happened at all but it didn't matter because the whole idea is to get the public in a constant state of panic and I thought at the time being a person who doesn't watch television uh, when they were bringing in the weather channel I thought now what so I, I could understand hypochondriacs uh, who are so scared uh, of dying and living that they buy all the gadgets and gizmos out there because they want to try and they're scared they're going to die of something and, they, and, and even if they get the, the cure for something or, or what supposes to be the cure they're on to the next disease before you know it and, and finding it's just an incessant search for a cure for everything and they buy all the stuff and there's people who make millions and millions of dollars every year of hypochondriacs but it's the same thing with, with the fear business and the weather channel came out and suddenly everything that was going to happen at two, two millimeters of rain where it was going to be a flood a, a little bit of snow that wouldn't pass your, your ankle was, was going to stop traffic uh, across the nations and stuff like this everything suddenly became a crisis and I said to myself at the time who would pay for this? who would pay for a channel to sit and listen incessantly to weather? some kind of weather chondriac 
But the whole intention, of course, was, as I say, to make everything appear, because perception is all that matters when you're controlling people's minds. You make them think that it's a big, scary world out there. And lo and behold, we have all these big foundations that work together to bring in the global society, the planned society, mind you. It's not going to be a nice, happy world family. It has to be a planned society where we're ruled by them. Uh, they're on a march, an incredible role. And they have instant access to all media to give us new panics, new fears. And the United Nations is a big umbrella group, really for all of the front groups for these foundations and uh, they came out with all the climate change and carbon taxes and, and the planets melting and yada 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 incessant fear mongering because as I say this is a century of change we are the herd and once you get the herd stampeding you can give them crisis after crisis until we adapt being the most adaptable species on the planet, you see, as Darwin said. We adapt into it until crisis after crisis is normal. This nonsense with the so-called swine flu is the latest one. And we're just, we're just getting over the fact that we're, we're looted, utterly robbed, blind by the same institutions that are going into the IMF, the big, big international bankers and all the other bankers, robbed blind. Every country on the planet was looted. And, the and then we had to bail out the robbers with our tax money. And your great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, if you bother having any, are supposed to pay off this debt to the robbers. But they've taken your mind off it suddenly with another big crisis. The swine flu. The swine flu. Utter rubbish. Utter rubbish. I've got a link, actually, from Al Jazeera, where you hear one of the guys from the World Health Organization, the guys that must, their job is to cheerlead the panic. Every time there's a panic, cheerlead it, you see. Oh, the plague is coming, the avian flu is coming, everything's coming. And, of course, their whole idea is to build themselves up to their proper position as they were designed to be, and that is the global health authority. So you'll hear this guy spouting a whole bunch of facts off, which are actually all lies. There's nothing to back up his statistics or anything else. And it's coming out now that it's all lies. Utter lies. But it doesn't matter. See, most people never listen to shows like this. They listen to mainstream media. They've been trained, like Brzezinski said in his own book, Between Two Ages, the public will be unable to think or reason without listening to the media. He's talking about the mainstream media. That's like it makes it official. The mainstream media is privately owned. But he said the same thing. He said the public will come to depend on the media to do their reasoning for them. That has happened. That has happened. It doesn't dawn on people that they're being lied to or managed through propaganda and agencies that are all interconnected to make sure they all get the same propaganda because they must all live in the same Plato's cave. Here's some quotes here. I've read these quotes before. It's from Western, or our Western heritage, or preserving our Western heritage. The whole title <laughs> is People for Preserving Our Western Heritage. 
and this is about some, this is from some of the top leaders at, in the United Nations and their umbrella groups that all are fronts for the Rockefeller Foundation, the Ford, Carnegie, etc. foundations. These are the ones who are the technocrats, that Carol quickly called them. They work behind the scenes and have more power than any president or prime minister because they're not responsible to the public, but they wield true power and get things done. This, is, this says here, understand their position and philosophy. Maurice Strong. Maurice Strong was picked up when he was young, a young man, by Mr. Rockefeller and trained for his position. He's been a whole host of United Nations top leadership positions. Still is. He's also founder of the UN Environment Program. You see, you've got to use the environment and sustainability. It's all through all of their, of their hype and fear-mongering. He says, isn't the only hope for the planet that the industrial civilizations collapse? Isn't it our responsibility to bring that about? Maury Strong, founder of the UN Environment Program, United Nations. Paul Ehrlich, professor of population studies, another guy who's written so many books about, about coming ice ages and coming warming ages and all the rest of it. He, he blows with the wind, whichever works, whichever fear strategy works best. He said, a massive campaign must be launched to de-develop the United States. De-development means bringing our economic system into line with the realities of ecology and the world resource situation. He's talking about sustainability. And the guy above him, as I say, Maurice Strong, is the guy who gave you the Earth Charter on behalf of Mr. Rockefeller. This last one's Paul Ehrlich, Professor of Population Studies at the United Nations. Here's Michael Oppenheimer, Environmental Defense Fund. They're all funded by the same foundations. The only hope for the world is to make sure there's not another United States. We can't let other countries have the same number of cars, the amount of industrialization we have in the U.S. We have to stop these third world countries right where they are. And you think everything's happening by chance and coincidence. Professor Morris King, and I think he was one of the founders of the Club of Rome, Global sustainability requires the deliberate quest of poverty. Think about it, the deliberate quest of poverty. Remember how they see poverty. If you have no poverty, you live well. If you get rid of poverty, you eliminate poor, the poor people. For sustainability, global sustainability requires, that's how he starts off this sentence, global sustainability requires the deliberate quest of poverty, reduced resource consumption, reduced resource consumption as we are hearing now all over the place and set and set levels set levels that's actually set down by law levels of mortality control death control it means life control as well professor maurice king these are big players in the global system David Foreman, co-founder of Earth First, another of the many front groups, they're all funded by the same foundations. We must make this an insecure, insecure and inhospitable place for capitalists and their projects. We must reclaim the roads and plough lands, 
halt dam construction, tear down existing dams, free shackled rivers, and return to wilderness millions of acres of presently settled land. Read up Agenda 21 at the United Nations. It's up there for free. That's the plan, Dan. Get you all into the big overcrowded cities as they bring the population down. Complex technology of any sort is an assault on human dignity. It would be little short of disastrous for us to discover a source of clean, cheap, abundant energy because of what we might do with it. Emery Lovins, the Rocky Mountain, Mountain Institute. Thousands of institutes, a thousand of them are funded by five. They fund a thousand front ones. Back with more after these messages. through the matrix just showing you and giving you some of the quotes from the technocrats those who really have the voice the, the new democracy you see democracy is a new type where big powerful NGOs non-governmental organizations that are funded by the big foundations that's the international bankers are running the world in the, in the direction that was planned a long time ago an awful long time ago. There's so much history that it would take you weeks to go through it. And that's like full time, 24 hours a day. But these are the real people. These are unelected people, remember, who are not responsible to the public. But we have massive lobby groups. And every politician knows to bend the knee their way when they come because they're given the nod, as they say. They must listen to them. Because they're the real rulers and the politicians not. You know what? That's why they have some of these characters advising presidents and prime ministers. We don't elect them. These are the thousand points of light that Mr. Bush referred to when he gave his New World Order talk. I see a thousand points of light. Foundations is front groups, you see. They guide the world, every facet of society. Before I go off of this site, it says here, here's um, Dave Foreman, co-founder of Earth First. My three main goals, and this is echoing all of them, they're all the same, would be to reduce the human population to about 100 million people worldwide. We're in the billions now. They want 100 million. Destroy the industrial infrastructure and sea wilderness with its full complement of species returning throughout the world. Dave Foreman, co-founder of Earth First. And back to Maurice Strong, this little guy who is just like Kissinger and never gives up. He's still on the go and puts in 12, 14 hours a day. Current lifestyles and consumption patterns of the affluent middle class involving high meat intake Use of fossil fuels, appliances, air conditioning, and suburban housing are not sustainable. Or he's strong. The guy who gave us the Rio Earth Charter that basically gave every animal and insect rights and took all the rights from the people. And that became law, by the way. Did you vote in it? Did you know it even went on? Of course not, because it has nothing to do with democracy as you know it. But this is the kind of 
stuff that's really, really going on. And this is, these are the guys who tell Obama what to do. And they tell Brown of Britain what to do, and every other prime minister what to do. That's why they're all on board on the same agenda. If there ever was democracy, it was hijacked at the beginning. Crisis, crisis, crisis. Now, that link, I'll put all these links up at the end of the show on my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And the audio clip that you can listen to where the guy at the World Health Organization gives you all these fake uh, uh, statistics and so on and hypes up through hysteria uh, the panic that's now being parroted across the world. And it's a planned panic because all the big boys in the medical associations in every country are in on it. Remember, this gives them more power and every institution loves getting more power because they're all meant to be masters eventually to guide our lives and tell us what to do. That's what services turn into, authorities. From the Wise Up Journal, the 29th April, Mexico confirms there's only seven deaths due to the so-called swine flu, which is really just another common bird flu. You know that common flu every year kills thousands across the world. Always has. It says you've heard the World Health Organization and the media screaming about thousands of suspected probable maybe causes of swine flu and a whole lot of deaths, numbers that might maybe be the swine flu. They also threw in how this or that flu killed so many million in the past and how our overpopulated world, in their opinion, is due for a culling. It sure makes you forget about the banks sucking nations dry and other problems. Isn't that true? They're just right on time. Everybody's forgotten. See how quickly the media can literally focus you on something new and you forget you've just been raped. The planet has just been plundered. (laughs) And they're giving us a a bogeyman to distract us, which also serves another purpose, as I say, of elevating the health services up to their proper master positions of authority. Seven con- there's only seven confirmed deaths in Mexico, and, and, and who knows, the Mexico, if the labs are even <laughs> true or not, or correct. So the Mexican health minister said 159 people are now believed to have died from the virus out of 2,500 suspected cases. However, amid confusion, Jose Angel Angel Cordova told a news conference that only seven of the deaths had been confirmed. <laughs> Quite something, eh? So, again, uh, from Manila Bulletin, the AFP, 29th of April 2009, Mexico revises confirmed flu death toll down to seven. Officially. So, it says here too in this bulletin from the AFP, it's under sharp questioning as to how, much, how such a discrepancy, how such a discrepancy could have occurred. Cordova said, to some confusion, that 26 proven cases of swine flu had been detected, of which seven corresponded beyond any doubt to deaths caused by the new virus. <laughs> and um, another little thing that's really interesting here is is the hype to do with even the name swine flu because it's not swine flu at all. I'm going to explain this after this break. Back in a moment. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Going through the hype and pandemonium that's been whipped up with the hysteria, and of course the massive profits that are being taken by all the drug companies as they peddle their wares to governments who give again the wink and the nod and a little smirk and buy it all up at taxpayers' expense, knowing that it's pretty well junk. There's even the Tamil flu and all the rest of it's been tested in other countries, has killed some children as well, highly toxic but didn't stop the flu. But that doesn't matter, you can't stop a good con in the middle of a panic. But here's an article here from Reuters. I call it Reuters, not Reuters, because it's actually owned by the Rothschild family, and most media comes from them. And they wrote your news to you. It says here, this is from today, pork industry wants swine out of the flu, the name swine. What's in the name? U.S. pork producers are finding that the name of the virus spreading from Mexico and even that's misleading, spreading from Mexico, is affecting their business, prompting U.S. officials to argue for changing the name from swine flu. At a news briefing, Homeland Security Secretary, why are they involved? Homeland Security, Janet Napolitano, and Agricultural Secretary Tom Vilsack took pains to repeatedly refer to the flu. Now, you've all heard, see, they're trying to make you think it's the H5N1. It isn't the H5N1 the so-called becoming deadly bird flu that has killed less folk than the average flu does every year. It's an H1N1 virus, a common one. It says this is not a foodborne illness virus. It is not correct to refer to it as swine flu because really that's not what this is about. Of course it's not what it's all about, Dulcac said. Israel has already rejected the name swine flu and opted to call it Mexico flu because Jewish dietary laws forbid eating pork. The Paris-based World Organization for Animal Health also objected to the name, saying the virus contains avian, which is birds. See, all flus can go through the birds. That's standard. Always has been. That's why they come every year with migrating birds from the Far East and so on. That's standard virology. So you can see they're all bird flus. <clears throat> the Paris-based World Organization for Animal Health all subject to the name saying the virus contains avian and human components and no pig so far has been found ill with the disease. And there's growing sentiment in the farm sector to call it the North American virus, although disease expert Anthony Fossey told the Senate hearing the swine flu designation reflected scientific naming protocol. <laughs> Doesn't it get more and more confusing, eh? For U.S. pork producers, the swine flu name was hurt, forcing government officials into the position of stressing that American pork is safe to eat and that other countries should not ban imports. Now, getting back to the previous thing I talked about, just to tie this in together uh, with uh, the quotes I was giving you from the, the top technocrats. Remember they said that meat, you see, wasn't sustainable. Do you remember they hit, first of all, the cattle industry? with the so-called mad cow disease. I think they found two. 
And they killed pretty well all the livestock in some countries like Britain with flying teams that came in, like SWAT teams and helicopters on their farms, shot everything and, and flew off again, leaving the farmers with mountains of carcasses. And then we had different things to do with the fish industries. There was a, some scaly thing hitting the fish a while back, etc. And last year, because of the same, the same flu, by the way, H1, uh, they, they killed thousands of poultry in British Columbia and other places in Canada. Even though it wasn't, you know, it was no danger, it was a normal thing that they carry. Now tie that in with the, the, um, the book that Mr. Newt Gingrich was handing out to the Congress, the third wave, uh, where he said, by Alvin Toth, or another big UN boy, and propagandist for futurism, it said that the future we're bringing in, in that book, it said the future we're bringing in will be a vegetarian world. Think about it. The big boys never tell you a lie. They will tell you the truth. It's just your inability to believe they're actually doing it. That's why you put it all down to coincidence. That's what Tothra said, a vegetarian world, and it must be so, he said, in that book, that every congressman was given. And you think about it, what's Newt Gingrich giving this author's books out to Congress? He's giving them their marching orders. See, these guys all want to climb the ladder. That's what politicians are all about. So they, they get their marching orders. They, they know what's now politically correct and what the positions are for their masters, you see. And they obey their masters. If you want political correctness, watch how politics works amongst themselves. Watch how bureaucrats operate. They're all politically correct, and they get reprogrammed all the time with new political correctness. That's what George Orwell was talking about in his book, 1984, based around the managerial class that was to come. So, that's some of the hype there uh, to do with the so-called pig-bird common flu. But it will, do, it will do wonders because, you see, they want to have all these emergency tests for cordoning off cities and stuff. This is all part of training the public. It's how you train them. I believe the, the governor of New York is talking about doing that. In fact, it's on right now, apparently. Some of the medical people in New York have sent me stuff sent to them by the government. Talking about this practice, lockdown practice. But the public don't get told this practice. They're being trained, you see. And I've gone through the real procedures from all NATO countries. That includes the U.S. and Canada. From a program that was, it was done years ago by, I think it was, it was the British version of Man Alive, I think it was called, where they had to get a copy of a supposedly publicly available brochure, little booklet, on what happens in a true epidemic, pandemic, or a nuclear war. And the, every country signed on to this. The idea is they locked down that area that's supposedly infected or contaminated. And anyone moving from that area has to be shot on site. That's the real procedures, the real stuff. Whole groups of people panicking and trying to leave will be gassed from the air with CS gas. 
and further things will be done. Now, of course, they've got, they've got the, the neutron bombs. They can bomb local, uh, larger groups if they can get rid of them. And even that so-called publicly available brochure, uh, it's supposed to be available in all post offices and libraries. Uh, this team, this investigative team, had to apply to the government to get it. When they got it, they showed you on TV, and half of it was blacked out. <laughs> That's the real plans, you see. That's the real plans. And I've also got the websites for the Department of Health for Britain, it's the same in every other country to do with pandemics. I'm going to put these links up. You can go through the procedures they're talking about. But my God, are they really pushing themselves up to the top? Because you know what they're telling the, even the professionals? You know, wash your hands. Wash your hands. You know. And some of it's misleading too, because it used to be wash your hands in hot water. Now they say warm water. I mean, I would think they'd want it to spread if you're using warm water. And even though they use alcohol and surgeries and all the rest of it to kill off bacterium and viruses, they say uh, these little these little swipes. Because you see, people have caught on with the SARS thing. They're, they're buying these little alcohol wipes you can buy in packs because they knew the contamination is often from door handles and shops and all the rest of it, and it carries around to clean their hands. They say they don't work. They say, well, how come it works in the hospital but doesn't work outside? Eh? <laughs> they would want something to spread. You see. You can tell. You've got to use your logic. And it's not difficult to figure out. So I've got a whole bunch of links to do with how they're going to control all of this. But even have equality and how we deal with the dead and mass burials and all the rest of it. Put that up as well. How the herd will be culled off. And the real thing, whenever they decide to really bring it on. But this ain't it right now. There's also a, a, an article I'm going to put up to do with mind control and it's the military use of mind control weapons it was done in 1998 by Judy Wall and what's interesting is there's a lot of you give a lot of actual circumstances where mind control weaponry has been used and documented by the military and the public have been led in on it it goes in through the PSYOP weapons used in the Persian Gulf War uh, the techniques to use mind control with silent sounds, uh, what they call cloning the emotions of the people, the, the target, the, the method of system delivery and applications, some of the official denials, and, and even stories that come from the military which actually affirm the stories. They go into the KGB psychotronics because the KGB were using it. In fact, uh, during Waco, I can remember... On Canada CBC, they showed a professor from Moscow who was brought over with his gadgetry that they're going to use uh, on the Waco, uh, those who were holed up in the, their home. And uh, this stuff did work. It could alter your emotions. It could make you very petrified. It could actually make you very lethargic and tired and suggestible. depends on the frequency they use. But apparently they didn't bother to use it. They, they wanted a good show for the public and say, this is the first bunch of uh, religious people we're going to wipe out. Now, let that be a lesson to you all. That's really what that was about. So they killed them all anyway. But back to this article, PSYOPs weaponry used in the Persian Gulf War, and it goes through... Uh, the, the methods, etc. It also has an article here, Global Mind Control 
to do with the big towers and all the rest of it. But one interesting part of it, it's very interesting, is that during, when they're using these silent sound techniques, they talk about the level of confusion it creates in the victims. I mean, whole bunches of uh, soldiers were giving themselves up, and, and one officer was trying to give himself up to one of these little flying drones. Now, the guy in his right mind, this was a high-ranking officer, uh, would know, why would you have your hands in the air as this thing's circling around you? Well, you would, you see, if it was beaming out um, messages to you. And it goes through how the brain is affected by the use of, uh, by, and it's documented but by using electroencephalographic machines that can actually tell that it's having uh, changes, just changes in your brain as these machines are used on you. And it can use on vast areas. It says it can give emotional states of feeling such as fear, anxiety, despair, and hopelessness. It says this subliminal system doesn't just tell a person to feel an emotion, it makes them feel it, it implants that emotion in their minds. Now I remember reading some of the studies of Pavlov, and Pavlov said the same thing. You see, we, 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 don't, we see things from a different way from these psychopaths at the top. They look at the results. Okay, when you get have fight or flight, for instance, what happens to you? You know, your pupils will dilate and all the rest of it. Your bronchioles constrict and yada yada. Your heart starts pounding. You're ready for your, your pumping in adrenaline, etc. What they thought was, if these are the signs of stress for fight or flight for survival purposes, well, let's find a way to induce those symptoms. Then the person will feel the real fear there. It's, it's like coming at it from the opposite way. And it works. They knew that back in Pavlov's time. They knew it back then. It would work. And now they have the ability to use it by many different techniques. Remember Kissinger? I mean Brzezinski? Now he's a guy, the NSA guy, who in his own book puts the fact that technotronic weaponry would be used on the general public without their knowledge. And that they'd be guided to their conclusions about things without any idea of how they arrived at them. And he mentions how it could control their moods. Very simple to control your mood. All masses of people. I'll put this link up as well. And it's quite fascinating to go through it as to, as to the, the symptoms that were noted during these big uh, test usages during the Gulf War One and in the so-called Iraq War as well. I'm not sure. That's a great testing bed, you see. They're still using it. Last week I went through the fact that they were using, they used that direct microwave thing and, and literally wiped out a whole bus of people. That was an experiment. You see how it worked on real people. That's what they do in warfare because who cares? No one cares. They have no rights over in Iraq. See? The conquered people have no rights. Who's going to miss them? There's no inquiries. That's what's all tested. Massive confusion it can give you. So, we're living in an age of miracles and wonders, as Paul Simon said in his song. And most of the public haven't a clue what's going on. This is the century for change and what to be run by world managers 
world managers. And it's happening as we live. As we live. Now we only have to try and punch up my machine here is this shutting itself down automatically for some strange reason. And maybe I'll take colors once I get it back up. But here's another article to show you how propaganda works. The BBC, remember, is the British Broadcasting Corporation. Set up as a propaganda arm of the government, is run and owned by the government. From the beginning, even when it was radio, it was set up for propaganda purposes. It led the field using radio on how to alter people's behavior. Literally by using short stories or continuous serial stories. People started to tune in every day. They'd rush back home to be there at that time to listen to what happened to the hero who was just left hanging on the cliff from the previous day. Behavior modification. And they worked with Tavistock from the beginning on mind control of the masses through the delivery of information, be it false or fictional, didn't matter, and making people change and modify their behavior. You'll find that George Orwell talks about that in his biography, because he worked for the BBC during World War II. And he said, my job was to convince the British housewife that the rotten, cheap, throwaway types of meat that were available to the British public was actually better and healthier for them than the healthy steaks, etc., that they could perhaps get if they could afford it before the war. Propaganda. Back with more after these messages. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, and we'll go to the phones, and we've got Stefan from Germany there. Are you there, Stefan? Hello? Hello, Stefan. Hello, yes. Oh, hello, Alan. Um, I, I've got uh, some questions, and uh, the thing I wanted to know is, uh, isn't it one part um, of behavior one could pose uh, a threat to the movement you're describing to be, in a sense, more irrational than we are now? Or how would you describe a formula to put a formula to pose a threat? Did you understand me? The, the, I mean, the, how is the um, the rational being used? No. Um, what I mean is, um, we are programmed in in um, to think in certain ways, and this is yes. some kind of a rational. Approach. Yes, that's right. In other words, they, see, they understand the formula that we are just like computers in that respect, and this is taught in psycholinguistics, etc. Um, if you're a, a programming a computer, you should be able to ask the person who programs that computer, an actual programmer, what the answer would be to any question that that particular computer must arrive at, because he's done the program. He understands its logic. He understands the language it's, it's based on and he understands um, how it must arrive at that particular answer. We, we're the same. We, come to the, we arrive at an answer that we must come at. It's the only one we're guided towards by using our own logic and rationale, and this is used against us by those who know how to use it. This is what I mean. If, if, if it is so, 
then uh, wouldn't it be more intelligent in a way to be more irrational? In a sense, it would. But then again, um, when, we, when you're kept on a roll of crisis, the people really don't have much of a time to, to wade through. And again, Brzezinski, see, we've been trained for over a, one generation, a few generations trained in this technique to, to expect the media to tell you what to dwell upon. See, they'll rush through media, but they won't say stop and really think or, or worry about this. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, they'll leave it hanging. And some very important things, they just go through and give you no comment. If they don't, they don't comment on it, it's out of our mind right away, except that initial download, that stays there. But the reasons why are not given to us, and we don't ask ourselves. We expect the media to do all, all the asking for us. And that's what Brzezinski said, we expect them to do our reasoning for us. We've been trained this way now, you see. Mm, I understand that. Then, then my, my second question, how would you describe a formula to pose a threat to the movement you, the, you are describing? You must use logic and data, the facts, to expose it, and you must put it across in such a way uh, that, that, again, by using pure logic and uh, um, formula uh, to, to make it stick in the people who are hearing it, and, and allow them to start using their own logic, maybe for the first time on a very heavy topic. Um, they cannot believe. Number one, you see, most people would rather believe the media uh, than cross the line and say, my God, um, we're actually being lied to on a massive scale. It's unthinkable to, to, to come to that conclusion that people are actually lying deliberately uh, in a coordinated effort to deceive you. Um, they'd, they'd rather, that's the normal, normal people are like that. Psychopaths can figure it out right away. They see the con and everything. Um, so that's the difference. We're ordinary people are too trusting. And we've been trained to be trusting because of our tribal instincts to listen to those in authority. Yeah. yeah. But, but thanks, thanks for calling. That's the music already. So for the rest of the callers, please phone in tomorrow. I'll try and get to you then. But from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you.